on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brew October, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Windrest Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. Here's the stretch. The pitch from Hader. Check swing. Did he go? Yes! Ball game over. Hader strikes out. Jose Peraza, the Brewers win. The magic number down to one. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. The next time the Brewers win, or if it happens before then, the next time the Cardinals lose, the Brewers will be champions of the NL Central. They get that magic number down to one, as Jeff Levering just said. They beat the Mets tonight by a 2-1 score. Not a ton of offense. Uh, they only collect four hits in the game, but it was enough to get the win with Corbin Burns on the mound, pitching a lights-out game. Seven innings, allowing just one run on five hits, nine strikeouts, one walk, and... Uh, for all the folks out there that were worried that the Brewers weren't going to win another game this year after the five-game losing streak and the tough series against St. Louis, it's all okay. The Brewers have uh, at least won the series. If they can win tomorrow, uh, they, they clinch the division. Even if they don't win tomorrow, you still win the series. And that's what you do. That's what you try to do going throughout the course of a season. You just try to win series, and the Brewers clinch the series win today. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley. I'm live at American Family Field. Craig Kishan from Valley Sports Wisconsin will join us coming up in just a little bit. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. We'll break for the news, which begins in two minutes, and then we're back with the pro Program taking you all the way till 11 o'clock tonight. Brewers get a 2-1 win over the Mets. More Brewers Extra Innings after the news here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Corbin Burns hoping to get out of this first inning having to throw just 20. This will be pitch number 20. 3-2 coming. Strike three called. Cutter on the outside corner got the call from Bill Welke. All the way around, a fun night at American Family Field. Bob Euchre night, he uh, kind of throws out the first pitch. He had a pitching machine out there that was covered uh, in a uh, in a uh, some sort of, not tarp, but uh, certainly a covering. And uh, he took that off and then got the uh, got the strike in. Actually, it wasn't a strike. It kind of bounced in off the uh, pitching machine. But the you always know with him that uh, comedy is number one. In fact, I don't know if you've been able to hear much of it. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they're available on demand anywhere. I hope they are. Uh, the the pregame conversations this week on the network radio broadcast with all of uh, Euchre's partners through the years, Jeff Levering referred to them as the Euchre Mafia, they were fantastic. They were so much fun to uh, listen to on an everyday, uh, everyday basis. And the thing that I kind of got out of all of that was how much fun he likes to have and how the number one thing is to make people laugh and that's what he did today when he unveiled the uh, the pitching machine out there for his uh, first pitch. And then the Brewers win, and they get the magic number down to one. So all is good for the Brewers here at the moment. My name is Matt Pauley, still at American Family Field. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin. He'll be joining us uh, momentarily. Brewers get the 2-1 victory over the uh, over the New York Mets. They take the series. Corbin Burns once again. 
Really good. Seven innings, one run on five hits, nine strikeouts, one walk. Just to put in perspective uh, where some of those numbers fit with what he is doing this year. Uh, He has pitched uh, six innings or more while allowing one run or fewer in 16 starts. He and Brandon Woodruff lead the major leagues in that category. He has nine or more strikeouts in 14 games this year. That is tied with Robbie Ray for the most such starts in the majors. With his appearance today, he gets his ERA now down to 2.29 as that thing continues to move down and down and down. And that's a big one. You know, there's a lot of numbers that you look at when it comes to uh, Cy Young award voting. And right now, I'm, I'm biased on this one because I watch him pitch every every six days. But if I had a vote, and I'm not uh, us radio guys, us, uh, you know, broadcast media, radio, TV, we don't get to be part of the Baseball Writers uh, Association of America, so we don't get votes on uh, these type of things. But if I had a vote... Um, Man, so Burns right now, his ERA is at 2.29. That is only .01 worse than Max Scherzer for best in the big league. Scherzer's at 2.28. Burns is at 2.29. And then you go through a lot of the other numbers out there, and I would argue that Burns' overall body of work in many ways is more impressive than some of the things Scherzer has done. It's going to be a tough vote. I don't know if there's a per se wrong vote. Uh, I would take Burns over Scherzer at this point. Scherzer's having a great year. He is having just an absolutely fantastic season uh, with what he is doing. And you know, is there a bias that goes along with it? He's he's in a bigger market. He's a bigger name just from a historical standpoint. I don't know. You never really know how these votes are going to go. For me, I think if you really break down the way things are at right now, I would, I would go. Uh, I would go Burns. And you know what? That's that. I think I talked about this maybe three weeks ago, maybe a month ago on this show, and I wasn't leaning towards Burns. I was leaning. Was it Scherzer at the time, or was it Walker Buehler? I can't remember who it was at the time. Uh, I think it was Walker Buehler, maybe, whose numbers have kind of dropped off. And I, I thought that I think it was Buehler, if I remember it correctly. I'd said that I thought he maybe had the inside edge a little bit uh, over Burns. And now we're not even now we're talking about Burns and Scherzer as being the guys who you would think, in all likelihood, would be uh, one of them would be the Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Burns would have one more start in the regular season. We'll see what that looks like. Again, the Brewers could clinch the division tomorrow with a win. Uh, They could clinch tomorrow with a Cardinals loss. Cardinals have now won 15 in a row, setting a uh, franchise record. Uh, if they don't, if if tomorrow the Brewers lose and the Cardinals win, at that point they would go on the road for the final six games of the season, looking to win at least one of them to uh, finally clinch the division. Uh, they they're not gonna totally let up, and when I say let up, I mean they're not gonna really change things around until they get to the point that they have clinched, and that's gonna be. I'm gonna be very curious to see what they do with pitching once they have clinched the division because. Yeah, like Corbin Burns tonight, he throws what a hundred. What was he at? He was at one hundred four. If if they've got the division clinched, he's not throwing one hundred and four pitches. He's probably throwing eighty pitches. I actually thought that maybe we would see 
that decrease to 80 or so happen now, even before they clinch, just with the idea that here down the final two weeks of the season, you don't want to stress your starting pitchers, but you want to continue to keep them stretched out. For me, 80 is kind of that that number to do that. You don't really stress an arm with 80, but you stay stretched out with 80. I would think, maybe I'm wrong on this, I would think that once they get this division clinched, you're not going to see starting pitchers uh, throwing 100-plus pitches in a game, and we'll see how that all ends up playing out. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. He should be joining us uh, momentarily. TV coverage has wrapped up, so he should be up here in just a bit. We still have the highlights to play. We still have uh, manager Craig Council to hear from. A lot to get to, and we'll hear from you as well. This is Brewers Extra Innings Live at American Family Field on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Base hit likely gets you two if it's to the outfield. Brewers looking for a clutch hit here in the third. Breaking ball. Lined into left for a base hit. Adamas is going to score. Garcia around third. Here's the throw to the plate. It's going to be cut off. And the Brewers lead it two to nothing. Brewers get the win 2-1 over the Mets. They secure a series victory. They also get that magic number down to one, a win tomorrow. And the Brewers are NL Central champs. They could also win on the next Cardinals loss. Lord knows when that's going to happen. 855-616-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk attack slide. You can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. That was the... uh, the chuckling of uh, Craig Kishon because we just don't know when the Cardinals are ever going to lose a baseball game again. I uh, I just hope they, well, I, I hope they lose tomorrow, actually. Yeah. I, I do. I think it was uh, pretty amazing that they came back and did that. Well, let's face it, they're, they're playing some teams right now like the Cubs. You know, they took it to us. I mean, they're they're playing really well right now, but uh, – I'm just glad we're we're out of the point where we have to pay attention to them now. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Brewers have won the last couple of games and and now everything's in their hands, um, and and I'm I'm still making this big push. I know they have a week to win one game to clinch the division, but you know darn well. And, and talking to these guys before BP and during BP and stuff, uh, they want to wrap this thing up ASAP. And and they got on it yesterday. They got on it today. And and if they win tomorrow, they've got the division. And the greatest thing would be to win it in front of the fans. You know, they've only won five um, uh, clinching games that had playoff implications in their history. Mm -hmm. Five times at home. So this would be six tomorrow if they can get it. Yeah, and it's you would love for the fans to see it. It'd be really cool with Ryan Braun being here tomorrow. And this this place is going to be packed tomorrow. Yes. Packed, packed. I'm packed. understanding it is is most likely a sellout. They had thirty five thousand tonight. I think it's already a sellout. I overheard somebody. I, I overheard an employee of the Brewers saying today that they could not get tickets for family members for tomorrow's yeah, game. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So if if that is the case. Uh, that that's probably the largest crowd of the year coming up tomorrow. Yeah, uh, they've only had, I, I believe they've only had one game of over 40,000, if I'm not mistaken. I think they've had one official sellout this year, and that's been that's just been one. Yeah. Uh, but so. it's that way across baseball. 
So you, you know, you talk about a little bit lower attendance and stuff. It's been that way across baseball this year. And you know, if you want to see a really good, exciting team and some tremendous pitching, there's there's going to be playoff tickets available starting on Tuesday. Nab them up, folks, because uh, there's going to be some entertaining uh, ball yet coming up. Public service announcement for all of our listeners here. We'll give yeah. you a little bit of an inside track here. The Euchre Bobbleheads tomorrow are to the first 35,000. If they are expecting a crowd of better than 40,000, that means there are going to be people who walk into this ballpark tomorrow and are not going to get the Euchre Bobblehead. So if you are coming tomorrow because you want that bobblehead, get here early. Get yeah. here when the gates open. Get here earlier. Get here when the parking lots open up and make your way in because there's no guarantee if you wait to the last minute that you're going to get that bobblehead. I'm not leaving actually. I'm going to be the first in line at one of the doors. I haven't decided which one, but I'm going to walk around the stadium all night long and when it comes time, I'm going to pick my door and I'm going to be number one. I was wondering why they were setting up a cot in the visitor's bullpen and now I know <laughs> yeah, why. Exactly. <laughs> And the sprinklers are coming on at 2 a.m., trust me. That's your shower. That's right. That's your, oh. You don't need any of that. Oh, boy. 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at Tax Line. Tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. Corbin Burns, but his last month of the season, I was looking at all the numbers, and his ERA is, is almost identical to, to Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. They are .01 off of each other. Right. So it's as close as you can be. There's a lot of metrics that uh, favor Burns over Scherzer. It feels like a two-man race to me right now for the Cy Young Award. But it just, it, man, it, it, considering Burns being part of the no-hitter, how dominant he's been here late in the season, I just feel like he's got the inside track for this thing. I, I sure hope so because I, I think, you know, and I, I'm not into the, you know, the the metrics of uh, all of the numbers that, that, you know, that are available right now. It's interesting to study what some of them mean and how impactful that they are. And um, I, I would agree with you. I would say that, that Corbin Burns has the advantage there. Uh, over Max Scherzer, but um, because I think for Burns, they've been already ultra-low numbers that he keeps lowering as as his season has gone on. Um, I think he took he took a pretty good sized fraction off his ERA uh, off tonight's when you know the the start of his night versus how it ended. And uh, I think it ended at two two nine. Yep, started at two three four. So I mean that's you know I mean he just continues to do that and. You know he's already he's already uh, uh, third in single season uh, strikeouts in Brewer history behind uh, Ben Sheets and Teddy Higuera, and I think it's Sheets or Higuera. One of the two had at this point had pitched a hundred more innings. Yeah, um, his strikeout so, per nine is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. So and I, and, I, and this is a little bit different era. I get that than than when Sheets and Higuera were pitching, but uh, still, I mean, that that stuff, that's how you measure the success of a, a really elite pitcher. His ERA month by month, April 
in five starts, 1.53. May goes up to 3.13. In June, it goes up to an astronomical 3.22. Oh, man. What is he doing in in June? Uh, July, 2.30. August, 1.64. And he's 2.42 here in the the month of September. So all but two months of this season, he's got a a sub-3 ERA. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It, look, he deserves to win the Cy Young Award. Uh, will he? I, I don't know. If he finishes second, um, and, and it's whoever wins it, uh, if they can beat him out, it's it's going to be for interesting debate how they did it. Yeah, it, look, if Scherzer wins it, it's for two reasons. A, because he's in a bigger market, and B, because his name is Max Scherzer. Well, correct. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 855-616-1620. The Yankee Dad Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We continue on with the program in just a moment here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. A one pinch and Nimmo with a base hit into left field. It drops in front of Yelich. And that's the first base runner of the night for the Mets. Nimmo with a single into left field. A 2-1 win for the Brewers over the Mets. Magic number down to one. I'm Matt Pauley, Bally Sports Wisconsin's Craig Kishon here. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. At Mountain Badger tweeting in says, uh, Ken Rosenthal has talked a few times on his podcast about the NL Cy Young, which he does have a vote for, and keeps calling the innings pitched difference between Burns and the L.A. guys something he takes serious note of. And when you really look at it, uh, and I'm not sure if Scherzer has one or two starts left this year, but uh, Scherzer, so far between his two teams this year, the Dodgers and Washington, he's at 174 innings pitched. For Burns, with his performance tonight, that gets him to 165. Burns is only nine innings behind Scherzer. Even if Scherzer's got two starts left, he's not going to be more than 15 innings behind over the course of a 162-game season. That, that's that's not that should not be that swaying cancels, your vote. Yeah, I yeah. think that cancels that portion of it out. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he's heavily weighing on it, I'd say in that case, uh, let's move beyond innings pitch, please, and move on to the next category. Yeah, I just right? I don't think there's a huge difference between that. Well, there can't be. Right, and there can't be. I, I don't know if Scherzer is I, – I could look it up real quick, but it doesn't matter. Has Scherzer spent time on the injured list this year? I don't know. It seems like he might have at yeah. Washington, certainly not for the Dodgers. I think he may have missed a start. I don't know if he ended up on the injured list. I yeah. feel like there was one of those days where it was up until the day of they didn't know if he was going to start or not. And I don't really remember what it happened. either that or he was really PO'd about uh, when they started checking his belt and his right. hat and his glove. Well, that, but that was against the Phillies, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, Burns spent some time on the, on the COVID injured list. So when you consider that, when you start doing innings pitched per appearance – Considering the fact, let's see, so Scherzer, Scherzer in 29 starts is 174 innings. We're going to bring out. So the, he's made two more starts. Yeah. Let's let's go to the calculator see, I here. I think that cancels. I think I think the, the starts and the innings cancel each other out with those two. Okay. So Scherzer is at 6, 174 divided by 29. So 174 pitches divided by 29 starts puts him at six innings per start. For Burns, 165 divided by 27. We're doing math on live radio. 6.11. So Burns is averaging more innings pitched per start than Scherzer. Barely. That's 
but that's uh, that's good math right there. I mean, those are the things you dive into, and um, that's why I think they should just cancel. If that's the th- if that's the issue, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. But if that that can't be the only issue, I guess is a better way of putting it. Scherzer was on the injured list back in June with a groin injury, per our crack producer Evan. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, there you go, because he's probably he's probably if he makes all the starts, he's at he's going to be at thirty four or thirty five by the season's end. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug texting in, good game for Escobar tonight on offense and defense, especially good to see on defense, getting better at first, plus he's helped against left-handers. They're still having problems with them. Let's get this done tomorrow. I think a lot of teams have issues with soft-tossing lefties like Rich Hill. Like, there's a reason on a really bad Mets team he's got a sub-4 ERA. Uh, he's had a he's had a nice season, and that breaking stuff he throws. Like there, uh, there was the uh, strikeout of Tyrone Taylor. On his oh, on his breaking yeah. ball, where Tyrone was spinning, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just he made Tyrone look really yeah. bad, but that's how nasty uh, that pitch was. I think Doug's point though about watching Escobar at first, it's still not totally natural. There was the uh, there was one play tonight. It was I think it was a throw from shortstop from Urias, where it was a bang bang play at first. I think it was Rich Hill who was running down the line, if I remember correctly. Escobar still looked just a, a little bit not sure of himself, but I did think he had some plays in front of him today that he made, took him back to the bag. It does feel like that comfort level is growing maybe a little bit. I, I thought today was a, a giant leap, is yeah. what I thought. Is he perfect over there? Uh, certainly not. But I thought today he looked uh, as comfortable as he possibly could look over the today. Uh, let's just say this: today he looked like a first baseman yeah. to me. Yeah, absolutely, so. and uh, really good. That's that's an important thing because we don't know when Rowdy Telez is for sure going to be back. There's talk about him maybe being back here on this upcoming road trip, maybe even in the St. Louis series, but it wasn't like he was swinging a super hot bat when he got injured. Uh, Daniel Vogelback continues to do a really good job getting on base, but not doing a whole lot more than that. He doesn't get a whole lot of hits. Uh, he gives you great at bats. That's the thing about Vogelback. He gives you great at bats, but it, whether it's a lefty or a righty on the mound, there's probably going to be situations where your best offensive lineup in the postseason will have Escobar at first and Urias at third. I, I would agree with that, and I and I think it's uh, it's one of the really only positions to look at that are left right now for Milwaukee. What's the question mark going into the postseason where you can pencil in guys for sure and you you're you're bound to get some production? First base is still a question mark over there. Uh, if if Escobar is there, you're probably going to get offensive production. You can at least count on it at a higher level. Uh, the other guys, you're just not sure at this point. So that that to me is still going to be part of the question mark. And you know the guys that they have can play first well enough, but who's going to hit? Mike in uh, Colorado texting in says Avisail uh, Garcia should get a big high five for his base running to score the second and winning run. He was over halfway to third by the time the ball left the infield, and by the time the left fielder uh, approached the ball, Garcia had rounded third and was heading home before the player even wound up to throw. That's the kind of unnoticed effort that wins big games. Even beyond anything that happened in this game today, I think there's been a lot of times this year, Craig, where something that doesn't show up in the box score has really helped this Brewers team win a ball game. That is a very common thing. This is a very baseball-savvy team. They, they, they know when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive. Very small things play out. And when you're a 90, what are they, 93-win team, you do things like that. You do, and, and I think the communication... 
uh, is the most important thing that this team has between each other. And if you're communicating, um, you know, you're all on the same page. You understand the situation inning by inning at bat by at bat. And, you know, uh, the other thing, is, you know, they got Jason Lane over at third base. Who I think has done a really, really nice job, really nice job over there. And um, Quentin Berry at first. And, and you know, when they put Quentin Berry over there, uh, this has a lot to do with, with how runners at first are, are getting reads on the pitcher, relying on a coach um, to, to help him, you know, get to second base, uh, that type of thing, to key in on your third base coach when balls are hit. There's less head spinning on the base, on the, for our base runners watching <clears throat> excuse me where the baseball is rather than where where they need to be and and they just know where they need to be they're keeping an eye on their coaches their situational stuff base running is really pretty good they they don't run themselves out of innings very often no like i don't know if you saw the cubs cardinals game today in the double play that the oh, cubs took mercy oh. me gerald yeah that was we we ran that on our pregame show and and uh, uh Vinny Rotino was on with me and we kind of joked that it, the the fact of that play was two position players only two position players didn't touch the ball during that during that rundown for a double play so I I just score that for as many tosses as one two three four five six seven double play there you go you know why not but it was. It's more of a debacle on on how the Cubs wound up in that. To be honest, yeah, with you. yeah. I mean the the indictments on the Cubs, but yeah. you give the Cardinals credit; yeah. they, they turn too. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The post game comments of manager Craig Council next here on WTMJ. It's Brewers extra innings with Matt Falling. Two balls and two strikes. Burns kicks the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a curveball. Burns with his ninth strikeout of the night and seven innings of one-run baseball from Corbin Burns. Not bad. Not bad at all. Another nine-strikeout performance from Corbin Burns. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Something that we've been talking about. Corbin Burns, should he win the Cy Young Award this year? Has he been the best pitcher in the National League? Well, uh, manager Craig Council uh, talked about that and talked about his performance as he opened up uh, his postgame comments just a little while ago. Well, Corbin's having an incredible season, uh, a uh, season that a Cy Young-worthy season. There's no question about it. Um, And what he's done here um, in the last two months um, for us is, you know, nothing short of amazing. Um, he's been amazing all year, but he's, if it feels like he's even picking it up a little bit here as, as we kind of go down the stretch. So that's what the great ones do. And, um, he, he's, he's a great one right now. I mean, he's pitching like it. Um, and you know, and it was an effort tonight that, you know, he, he know, he knew the sense of the situation and then delivered. Craig, after Rich Hill got out of that second inning with his curveball. Just how big was Escobar's hit? Obviously, it's all the runs of the night, but to have it happen in that next inning uh, with two outs, um, that, that's just a huge moment for him, isn't it? Yeah, we we did a really good job against Rich Hill the first three innings, and we made it really tough on him. Um, you know, we, we laid off a lot of stuff. He, he wiggled himself out of the jam with some some good pitches. Um, we, we ran his pitch count up, you know, really good. Um 
And you need, you know, you need those hits. Um, you need those hits with runners in scoring position. We, we put a lot of runners in scoring position the first couple of innings and didn't, didn't get the hit. We, you know, we needed it. So, um, that ended up being um, enough with the way uh, Corbin and Box and Josh uh, pitched tonight. Craig, with the way the uh, the bullpen is right now, with, with uh, Jake out and also Devin, uh, how nice was it to see Box kind of respond from a few tough ones to do what he did tonight? Yeah, look, I mean we've we've leaned on Brad heavily this year. Um, he's a reason why we're sitting in this position. Um, a big reason why. Um, and you know, he, he's, he's had a couple rough outings, but, um, you know, if, when you give him the ball, um, he's, he's not intimidated by the situation and it's, and it's not too much for him. And he's also, he's, he's been through this all. So I think processing it, um, you know, knowing the feelings when you're out there, things like that, he, he's, he, he's got that. Um, and I have confidence in him in that, that spot, that, that department. So, you know, that, that's major league baseball, man. You get, you know, you get kicked one day and you got to go back out there and do your job the next day. That's how major league baseball works. Um, and, and Brad's done it for a long time and he's good at it. Craig, um, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, a homestand, but now one game left, one magic never down to one big day with Braun tomorrow, last home game, you know, it just looks like it's set up, um, you know, as good as you could want, you know, for taking it yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been in our hands here. Um, and, uh, it, it will continue to be in our hands. Um, but, uh, yeah, you guys should have plenty to write about tomorrow. And I, I mean, it's going to be a fun day with Ryan there. I mean, it'll, it'll be, it's, it's cool that Ryan's going to be there. It's, it's cool that it's the last home game. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of certainly motivation. Um, it's, you know, we know we can finish things, finish us off with a win. Um, so as, as it's been, it's right there in front of us and it's, it's ours to take. Craig, can you tell us about Jake Cousins? Um, just how the decision was made to IL him. Yeah. So, it, um, yesterday he, while he was doing his, during the throwing session with the relievers, he, he just had a little bicep um, tightness or, and saw the doctors, um, you know, they, they, they deemed it as, as very minor. Um, he actually went out and played catch again today, um, actually got off the mound. And when he got off the mound, he just felt it a little bit. Um, and so that was our signal really to just go slow here. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, I, I, I think we think this is, you know, maybe a less than 10 day thing, but right, you know, somewhere in about a week. Um, but we want to be, play it conservatively and, um, get him back to a hundred percent. Did Devin's uh, pregame throwing go okay today? And do you, do you think? Yeah, it, it went well. What what the decision was is just we put him through some agilities today, um, and we wanted to put him through that program um, before we put him in a game. So we put him through some, some agilities um, during the game, actually inside. Um, that all went well. Um, so we'll we'll just make sure see how he responds tomorrow. Um, and then make a decision. After yesterday with Lauer and, and today with what Corbin gave you, are you in 
even better position for tomorrow, Craig, in terms of the decisions you can make knowing there's an off day on Monday too? Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. I mean, we, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you get starts like that. I mean, we're obviously missing some guys from our pen, but um, we're in a good spot. You get starts like that and you're going to, you know, you're going to give some guys some breaks. So we've got some guys freshened up and um, we should be good tomorrow. Craig, Craig that IL uh, means that Cousins won't pick anymore in the regular season, but is the thought that he, you know, barring a setback, he would be able to get ready for the postseason? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, optimistic about that. Magic Rick Council meeting with the media just a little while ago. A lot of moving parts right now in the bullpen. When Boxberger came in, uh, they had Hunter Strickland warming just in case. They uh, they obviously used Hader. You don't know if Hader's going to be available uh, tomorrow. I doubt they want to use Boxberger two days in a row uh, just with the way things have been going for him. Maybe they're comfortable with that. Uh, but there's, you, know, the, you get the starts they've gotten, and you're in pretty good shape in terms of the guys who are available, being available, if that makes sense. But at the same time, with no Devin Williams, and if if a Josh Hader and a Brad Boxberger, if they'd rather stay away from those guys tomorrow, then you could be seeing some more uh, uh, decisions that are a little bit challenging for tomorrow's game. But you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. How did today go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. Brewers get the 2-1 win over the Mets. They take the first two in the three-game series against New York. Pitching matchup today, Corbin Burns on the mound for the crew. Rich Hill getting the start for the Mets. And Burns was really good. He showed it in the first inning, a 1-2-3 inning. The uh, final batter of the inning, Michael Conforto. Corbin Burns hoping to get out of this first inning, having to throw just 20. This will be pitch number 20. 3-2 coming. Strike three called. Cutter on the outside corner and got the call from Bill Welke. Brewers looked like they were going to take the lead in the second inning. Christian Yelich leads the inning off with a base hit. Eduardo Escobar was then hit by a pitch, and Luis Urias walks. So the bases are loaded. Nobody's out. Tyrone Taylor then comes up looking for another grand slam. He strikes out swinging. Manny Pena ends up flying out uh, shallow, not deep enough to get the run home. And then Corbin Burns trying to help himself. 0-2 on Corbin Burns. Trying to get Wong to the plate any way he can. The delivery. Strike three called. Curveball outside corner and a hill. Walks the tightrope and gets out of the second. Brewers strand three. So the Brewers can't get a run across in the second, but they can in the third. Colton Wong leads uh, the inning off with a base hit. Then Willie Adamas walks and Abisayo Garcia walks. So they're in uh, pretty good shape. At that point, Christian Yelich has a uh, a ground out. And then uh, that brings up Eduardo Escobar. Base hit likely gets you two if it's to the outfield. Brewers looking for a clutch hit here in the third. Breaking ball. Lined into left for a base hit. Adamas is going to score. Garcia around third. Here's the throw to the plate. It's going to be cut off. And the Brewers lead it 2 to nothing. That would be it for the run scoring today for the Brewers. Turns out that's all they would need. The Mets do answer one of those runs in the top of the fourth inning. Inning gets started with Brandon Nimmo. A one pinch and Nimmo with a base hit into left field. It drops in front of Yelich. And that's the first base runner of the night for the Mets. Nimmo with a single 
into left field. So no hitter is gone. Francisco Lindor then strikes out. Brandon Nimmo is then caught stealing second base. So he gets the first base hit of the game, but he's eliminated off the bases. That ends up playing out pretty big because Michael Conforto then hits a double. Had uh, Nimmo been on, might have scored. Instead, Conforto is on at second. Then Pete Alonzo walks, so runners on at first and second. There's then a uh, wild pitch that allows Conforto to move up to third in front of Javi Baez. First offering to him, and it's lined in the left for a base hit. This is going to get a run home for the Mets. Stopping at second is Alonzo. It's 2-1. to one. Brewers out in front, but Baez with an RBI single here and a little two-out uprising for the Mets. Yeah, Alonzo out at second. He represents the tying run with former Brewer Jonathan VR at the plate. 2-2 pitch. Half-hearted swing and a miss from VR. He strikes out. Cutter down and in. They appeal to third, and Adrian Johnson says, yeah, he went. Another strikeout for Burns, his second of the inning, his fifth of the game. So three hits in the inning for the Mets, but they get just one run. They leave two. It makes it a 2-1 game. That would end up being the final score, but a lot of baseball left to be played. Corbin Burns didn't need much. He gets that one-run lead and is able to take care of it. Would give up a couple hits in the fifth inning as well, but with two runners on, Francisco Lindor at the plate. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Cutter down and in. Lindor gone for a third time in this game, and the Mets strand a pair in the top of the fifth. Sixth inning, Burns would get Conforto and Pete Alonzo. That brings up Javi Baez. One and two on Javi Baez. Burns ready to go again. The kick and pitch. Struck him out with a hammer of a curveball. Baez gone. Mets finished in the sixth. How about the seventh? Burns comes back out, gets Jonathan VR to strike out, Jeff McNeil to fly out, and he faces off against James McCann. Two balls and two strikes. Burns kicks the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a curveball. Burns with his ninth strikeout of the night. And seven innings of one-run baseball from Corbin Burns. That would be the final out he records as Brad Boxberger comes on to pitch the eighth inning. Brewers continuing to lead by a 2-1 score. Boxberger has had a rough month of September. First battery faces pinch hitter Dominic Smith. He grounds out, but then Brandon Nimmo gets a base hit. So the tying run is on. He strikes out Francisco Lindor for the second inning, or second out of the inning, I should say, and it brings up Michael Conforta. Three balls, two strikes, two outs. Nimmo takes off the pitch. Ground ball, first base. Escobar knocks it down, steps on the bag, inning over. That one looked like it was ticketed for the corner. Escobar put the glove down and saved the Brewers a run. Good play by Escobar over there at first. Kind of almost a third baseman type play, at least the first half of it before he takes the ball to the bag himself. So that uh, keeps it a 2-1 game. To the ninth we go. Josh Hader on to pitch. First battery faces Pete Alonzo. He grounds out. Second battery faces Javi Baez. He grounds out. But then he issues a walk to Jonathan VR. So once again, the Mets have the tying run on base. And it brings up a pinch hitter in Jose Peraza. Here's the stretch. The pitch from Hader. Check swing. Did he go? Yes! Ball game over. Hader strikes out. Jose Peraza, the Brewers win. The magic number down to one. 
Two to one the final as the Brewers go to 93 and 62. The Mets, they drop to 73 and 81. Winning totals for the crew. Two runs, four hits, no errors. They leave seven for the Mets. One run, six hits, no errors. They leave six. Winning pitcher Corbin Burns. He is 11 and four. Rich Hill takes the loss, dropping to six and eight. Josh Hader the save. His 34th of the year. No home runs hit. The game lasting three hours and 16 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 35,388 folks. 2-1. Brewers get the win over the Mets. They look for a series sweep and a division title tomorrow. We'll preview it next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Extra Innings after the Brewers come up with a win against the Mets. 2-1. They have taken the first two games. It's not an I told you so sort of thing. And so certainly there is uh you want to see them hit better. They're not they're not doing at the plate what you want to see them do. I would say that they are still somewhat in an offensive funk and that you want them to come out of it. But all the uh all the worry, anxiety, depression that went along, those are too strong of words, but you get what I'm saying. Uh that went along with them going into a five game losing streak and getting swept by the Cardinals. They just hit a really, really, really hot team, and now they got done with them. And what do you know? They are uh, they're, they're winning games again, and that's kind of what I expected to see. Speaking of the Cardinals, as we take a look at scores from around uh, the National League, impacting playoff races, Cardinals beat the Cubs today 8-5. They have now won 15 straight games. Uh, Phillies over the Pirates by a 3-0 score as they continue to hang around in the NL East and in the uh, National League wild card. But the Braves, they beat the Padres by a 10-8 score. And then the Giants, they beat the Rockies by a 7-2 score. So this is what things look like right now uh, in the National League. The Braves lead the Phillies by a game and a half. The Brewers with a seven-game lead on the Cardinals. And the Giants lead over the Dodgers. It is sitting at a game and and a half again uh, that final series of the year between the Brewers and Dodgers uh, that could uh, very easily play out in a big way where those games are very 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 important uh, for the Dodgers and they might mean absolutely nothing for the Brewers uh, the Cardinals lead for that second wild card five games over the Phillies and uh, six games over the Reds the Padres have been eliminated from playoff contention as amazing as uh, for so long we all did that that thing where we just assume that three teams from the National League West were going to be playoff clubs, the Giants and the Dodgers and the, and the uh, Padres. And the Padres had a collapse like no – I mean, this is – you look at the talent they have there. That is a uh, that is a noteworthy collapse that they have had. And you know there's going to be changes coming to that Padres organization this offseason. For the Brewers, big game tomorrow. Freddie Peralta against Carlos Carrasco, the uh, starting pitching matchup, 110 first pitch. Here's the way things are going to work out for this show, Brewers extra inning. So the game is going to be simulcast here on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. Once the Brewers game ends, they're going to jump into Packers – coverage and all of Brewers post game including this show will be on 94.5 ESPN so if you want to listen to this show tomorrow hopefully we are talking about a a clinching game for the Brewers listen to it on 94.5 ESPN that's where this show will be tomorrow as they'll be in Packers coverage uh, here on WTMJ so 94.5 ESPN tomorrow for the post game show we will talk to you then